Welcome to the Odessa First Assembly Podcast. I'm Tony, the Digital Ministry Manager here at OFA, and we're excited to have you join us for our new sermon series, Proverbs, God's Wisdom for Living. Throughout this series, we'll be diving into the book of Proverbs to explore the timeless wisdom that God has provided us for living our lives to the fullest. So sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and empowered by God's Word as we journey through Proverbs together. Without further ado, here's Pastor Todd Starnes with today's message from Proverbs, God's Wisdom for Living. Proverbs chapter 4. So we're in, this is part 3 of our series in Proverbs. Today is called Guarding Your Heart. And uh, as we've been starting every week, there's just a few sayings maybe, some of these you've heard of, maybe not, but uh, maybe you want to help me out with them if you, uh, if you remember some of these. One of them is, um, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've, what you got. If you don't change something, then it stays the same, right? Same as the status quo. How about better to remain silent than be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt? There's some of you know that one. One that's important to us that we say a lot is be kinder than necessary for everyone you meet is fighting some kind of battle. That's a, that's a good proverb to live by. One that kind of focused more we're going to talk about this morning. You may, you know, I, you know some of these, I, I realize that if, you, if you're city folk all your life, you may, these may not be familiar to you, but there's a saying I grew up hearing often. Matter of fact, I had, I had family that uh, still we'd go visit and you still drew water from a well from a cistern and still used an outhouse. And uh, actually, being a little kid, I mean, that's like the coolest thing ever going and going and visit them. And, uh, but this is one I grew up hearing all the time. Whatever's in the well comes up in the bucket. Whatever's in the well comes up in the bucket. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord, for today and just, just the sense of your presence, Lord, in this house and just your work in our lives. And we're grateful and we're thankful. And so we pray once again that our hearts be ready, prepared to receive your word. Lord, that it would challenge us, your word would change us, your, your Holy Spirit would just do his work in us, and we're grateful and we're thankful in Jesus' name, amen. So Proverbs chapter 4, beginning in verse 23, Proverbs chapter 4, beginning in verse 23, I'm sure that many of you are going to be familiar with this passage, Proverbs chapter 24, beginning in verse 23, guard your heart above all else, for it is on. You know, I, I want to read that passage again. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid, avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Let's let that sink in just a little bit. Fix your eyes on what lies ahead and what lies before you. What's happened behind you, you can do little to nothing about. Do you know that? And you moving and walk forward. And there's something that I think, leap, it really leaps out to me. Something he says, above all else. That just really catches my attention when you look at this passage. Above all else, first thing, first, before anything else, 
higher priority before anything above. I mean, think of how you interpret above all else, above everything else. Think about the, inc- the implications of the statement just for a second. I mean, it should really kind of open our hearts and our eyes and our ears to grab our attention and to really take serious notice about what he's talking about. Above all else, let this be um, of extreme importance to you and your life. Above all else, what does he say? Guard your heart. One version says, with all diligence. There's another, the ESV says, with all vigilance. I think those are excellent Way, excellent interpretations and way this is worded, but guard your heart. You've got to be intentional. You've got to be passionate. It's not something that you can just, you know, you, you just lay back in osmosis and then your heart's going to be all good. I mean, you, there's some action from us. There's some discipline from us that it takes to guard our heart. When we protect our homes with security alarms or, you know, locks or security lights, I mean, we, we tend to feel protected behind those locked doors, yet for all of our diligence to secure and process into guarding our heart. Don't ignore your heart. I think too many believers have switched on a cruise control and believe that once they meet Jesus, then they can just kind of coast through life. That's not what this life is about. Salvation is free, but to be a disciple takes cost. I'm going to say that again. Yeah, that forgiveness, that being cleansed and washed and 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 our sins being forgiven, yes, he he has given us a free gift, a wonderful gift, a powerful gift. But to live out, walk out this life, it takes discipline. It takes cost. I think too often we think, I'm saved, my heart's been cleansed, my job is finished. But it never stops there. Our hearts always need attention. This is not in the sense of that I'm going to protect myself from everybody, that I'm going to build some wall around me, and, and I'm, you know, I'm going to be entrusting and skeptical of everyone, kind of live in a bubble. That's not what this is talking about. This, is, this really brings us the heart issue of what's wrong with us. We have a sinful nature. Did you know that? That's why, I mean, when you read Romans chapter 7, and, and, and Paul goes in that writing, you know, I, I don't do things I, 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 I want to do, I do things I don't want to do. I mean, that, the root of that is in the sinful nature. Jeremiah 17, 9 says this, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things. Your writing knows your heart. <laughs> And death of God. We know to the depths of depravity that human nature can go to. Are you with me? Maybe he knew that, Jeremiah, that if we don't guard our heart, our heart gets sick. And if our heart gets really sick, it's almost incurable. Jesus said along the same lines, Matthew 15, 19, For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, 
all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. That's from our heart. If Jeremiah was right and Jesus was right and the writer of Proverbs is to guard our heart. We need to guard our heart. The result of an unguarded heart, if you're following along, you, you have version notes, also the paper notes if you have the binders with this. The result of an unguarded heart is destruction. The result of an unguarded heart is destruction. Look again at our text just very quickly. Avoid all perverse speech away from that corruptness. Look straight, verse 25, ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark straight the path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. If we do not guard our heart, our heart will lead us to destruction. Listen to me. You cannot live this life as a believer going by your feelings. Going by your feels, you can't do it. Your feelings will betray you. We need the work of the Holy Spirit speaking to us, leading us, guiding us, being that advocate and helper and protector. Is it possible that the root of all, when you think of everything bad, murder, divorce, affairs, immorality, stealing, lying, gossip, grudges, Crimes. It isn't our eyes, but the root of it all is our heart. And if the heart is unguarded, what do we take in? We, we try to ascribe our, our problems to other things. Wandering eyes. Roaming eyes. Just she has a problem with lying or telling Willie what lie. I mean, when it comes down to it, the issue is always a heart condition. A heart condition. And I, I just to give a picture, I know I've shared something along this line before, but I, wanna, I think a, a scripture that we really need to understand as believers is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 23, it says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. Whenever you get saved, when you come to the Lord and you ask Him to forgive you and wash you and cleanse you, He does exactly that. He washes you, He cleanses you, and there's this process that we call, that's a, a tag team partnership between justification and sanctification. And when you get saved, what justification simply means, it's just if I'd never sinned, justified. Justified, never sinned. And so when we receive Christ as our Lord and he forgives us, we stand justified before God. We stand before God just as if we had never sinned. Are you following me? But there's also the process of sanctification. You, you may remember the verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new what? He's a new creation. The old is gone. Everything becomes new. That's the work of sanctification. There's an instant cleansing that happens in us. But we also have to walk that sanctification out. I know I'm using some big words. Just hang in there. Follow, just stay with me. So may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And look what it says. I, th I don't think this is insignificant. May your whole spirit and soul and body, soul, your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. I know when we talk about like people getting saved, we talk about souls getting saved. Where, where salvation really takes place is inside our spirit. 
That's where salvation takes place. You, you are very, to put it very simply, we have three parts to us. And that is spirit, and that is soul, and that is body. And what we need, so, what, so many people have tried to live this life and to walk through life and try to live it, you know, do the external, and then that's going to change something the way that we think, and then, you know, we're going to feel it inside of us. But that's not how God does it. How God does it, He puts His Spirit in us, He works in us, and that begins to shift the way that we think, and that changes the way that we act. Are you following me so far this morning? So may the God of peace, our spirit, soul, and body. And so what we need to partner along with what God is working in us is we do just this. Above all else, we, say it with me, guard our hearts. So number one is this. What flows into our heart is what will flow out of our heart. What flows into our heart is what will flow out of our heart. Maybe you've heard it said, garbage in, garbage out. I mean, it's, it's really that simple. What you feed on is what's going to flow from you. Matter of fact, Matthew chapter 12 and verse 34, listen to this sentence in this verse. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. And I know there's a lot maybe that I could speak along right here, but I want to try to keep it simple. But to guard your heart, you need to guard your sight. To guard your heart, you need to guard your sight. To guard your heart, you need to guard your sight. Refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. I, I think that, and I, I do, I, I'm not trying to speak in some place of, of legalism or, or soapbox or anything of that nature, but listen to me. We, there, I, the Bible says without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And now the holiness that God needs from us, we can never achieve on our own. I, I'm preaching really good right now. I, I, hopefully you're just being sponges and taking it in. And so I, I'm not, I, but listen, on the flip side of that, I think because whether it be fear, whether it be maybe we, we grew up under the strong case may be, sometimes we tend to get a little lacked, wants to sever us from the Lord. You know, I mean, we have an enemy that walks about like a roaring lion and to put guardrails into our life that protects what comes into the windows of our eyes is not legalism, it's wisdom. It's wisdom. Pornography harms and hurts you. Watching things that make light and promote the homosexual agenda makes us accepting of it. I mean, we really need to be protective of what we entertain ourselves with. Entertainment, music, TV. Listen, I, man, I have my favorite shows. We watch, I'm not saying that. I mean, you know, I mean, we go to Synergy and what's, that's not, that doesn't make me a fuddy-duddy. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't make me weird. It makes me weird according to our culture. But listen, I know that life here is but a vapor. And there's going to be a day if, 
when the trump, either, either, either the, the return of the Lord is going to happen, and we're going to hear the trumpet of God and the archangel sing, or I'm going to draw my last breath. And we've got to realize we're born into eternity. That's far more important than a 45 minutes or an hour. Everything that is detestable to the Lord. Social media. I walk in the, you know, with my kids and, and uh, you know, just the battles and, and this what's out. I can't imagine that. So we need to guard our sight. So I had a very practical thing. How do you guard your heart? Guard what you look at. Guard what you look at. And I'm not trying to, do you understand? I'm not trying to like heap a bunch of my conviction on you. You've got to process that and, and you've got to work that out. But if, there, if you feel like there are roadblocks in your relationship with the Lord, then be open for what the Lord might lead and direct you and, and shift and change. The second verse to two, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. You into a new person, how? By the way that you think. How does that renewal of our mind work? First, right, we, we let the Holy Spirit works in us, in, in our spirit, man, and, and, and we just surrender and allow God to do in us whatever he wants to do. And then that begins to change our desire, our want-tos, the way we process things. And there's something that we have, most of us right in front of us, whether it's in a physical format or a digital format, and that's the Word of God. The Word of God is what renews our mind. The Word of God is what changes the way that we think. I can have a set of opinions or even hard-held beliefs, but if I read something in Scripture that is contrary to this belief I've held on to, which one is right? The Scripture is. And so what does the Scripture do? It changes the way that I think. It changes the way that I think. What we meditate on, what we dream on. Listen, we need to guard our minds. Do not let those crazy, maybe I'm the only one, but sometimes those crazy thoughts, it's like, you know, I know there may not be ups here. Maybe that's why everything ricochets around so much. But that's exactly what we let happen so many times. So many times a battle of faith is won or lost in how we think. I mean, I, I want to process a scripture with you. Are you okay this morning? You know, I'm, I'm just preaching this because I love you. Romans chapter 8 and verse 5. Those who are dominated, this is a powerful portion of scripture. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about what things? Sinful things. The sinful nature thinks about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please what? The Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting your spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. If you are living life and you feel void of just having life inside of you and peace inside of your heart, listen to me, then maybe shift from living according to the way you think things should be done and live according to the way the Spirit wants them done. So, you're, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting your nature is what? Always hostile with sinful nature 
can never please God. But if you are controlled by your sinful nature, but if you are controlled by the, by your, but if you're not controlled by your sinful nature, you're not controlled by the Spirit. If you have the Spirit of God living in you, and remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. I mean, that's a very direct and deep and good passage. Listen, let me just break it down this way. When we surrender, that's, that's when we talk about that so often, is surrender, submission to the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. One of our values that we try to teach here is that growing people change. If God is doing something on the inside of you, then something is going to change about you. I said, the Spirit of God is at work inside of you, then something, is, then, then something in you and out of you and around you is going to change. You are going to live life different. You're going to see life different. You're going to do life different. And it's going to be upside down and backwards in that of the world. Why? Because the world hates God. That, that worldly secularism of the Spirit, it, it hates God. But when we have the Spirit of God at work in us, then we can... Well, I mean, things like if I abide in him and, and he we've got to live that out. We've got to walk that out, and it's by a surrender. It changes. See, where, you, where you're, that sinful nature was driven for you know, earthly pleasures and earthly things, and, and, and you know, I, I'm trying to be very, maybe I, should, maybe I should spend less energy trying to be vague. <laughs> or... What happens when we pursue the Spirit of God, I mean, what we want changes. Listen, I know it's been a while since maybe I've mentioned anything, but I, you know, when I remember when I came to the Lord, and I, and that, that I mean, I, I was living in a way that was very displeasing to the Lord. And I mean, it, it was like my life revolved around those things. It, you know, it was, it was in pursuit of those things and how to get creative with those things and and, and just that type of lifestyle. When Christ came in that night in February in 1994 and did that work inside of my heart, I, I, I knew when I stepped up from that pew that I would never be the same. That I would never go back. That that would never have a hold on me again. See, the best way to get rid of that sinful nature is to quit loving that sinful nature. The characteristics of a mind under the work of the Holy Spirit, it'll be a mind directed towards truth. It'll be aware of, the, of God's presence. It'll be a mind spe- uh, seeking to please the Holy Spirit. It's not a sacrifice. When I want to remove the things out of my life that are contrary to what God wants for me, it is not a difficult choice. Amen. To have them, well, then, I mean, really what happens when, when we live out that sinful nature, we become very hard to the voice of the Lord and very soft to the draws and temptations and that work of, of temptation and sin in our life. But the more I press in and allow the Holy my life shifts 
It, what happens is I get hard, beginning 9 through 11. We, many of us know this verse, guard your walk. Psalm 119.9, how can a young person stay pure? That is not a rhetorical question the psalmist is writing here. By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. In our text, I want to remind you again, mark out straight paths for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from doing evil. And so we're going to guard, we're going to protect what we're looking at. We're going to protect what we're thinking about as believers, well then if our actions are so important as believers, then let's, let's act like believers. Does that make sense? I, I think sometimes that statement kind of makes me cringe a little bit because it seems like, and I, I'm not trying to be overly critical, but it seems like sometimes I hear that, well, you know, let your walk, you know, your walk's got to be more important than your talk. And it's like, well, then why don't you do that? Because you're doing neither. And so we've got to guard our walk. We've got to guard the way we're living out life. I, you know, something, one, I, maybe it's because I'm, I'm just getting older. That may be, it just may be an age factor. I don't know. But the term fell into sin. You don't fall into sin. You don't walk along and slip on a banana peel and whoop, oh, I'm in sin. That's, that's not how it works. You're being controlled by the sinful nature. And so if you want to avoid the banana peels in your Christian walk, then live a life controlled by the Spirit of God. Your heart has hunger. It has thirst. And only Jesus can satisfy what's inside of our heart. I can chase the things of the world, the vices of the world, I mean, to my heart's content, and my heart will never be content. But what's going to satisfy me is the presence of the Lord. Just as you are, come at this moment. Take, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, it's so good. The second thing is, number two is this. The condition of your heart determines the course of your life. The condition of your heart determines the course of your life. The condition of your heart determines the course of your life. You know, I quote this verse all the time, but I, this time I just, I wanted to have it on the screen and let's look at it for a minute. It's Philippians 2.13. This is, you, you got to know if you've been in here any amount of time, this is like my life, one of my life verses. For God is working in you. Do you know where that you is? What makes you, you is your spirit. Remember, that's the same thing as 1 Thessalonians 5.23. He works in us. Inside of me, he fashioned us and formed us in our mother's womb. And that, that our, our, in our identity of what God has made us to be is all found in our spirit, man. And he, God begins to work. So when God begins that work in us, we have a desire change. It goes back to Romans chapter 8 and verse 5, that we're no longer going to live according to this. Do you see how it's tying in now? We no longer live according to the sinful nature, but we're going to live a life controlled by the spirit of God. And that happens when our desires begin to change, our want-tos. You know, you, I, my used-to was want to go on the weekend and, 
and to see how quick we could float a keg. My, my desire and want to now is to spend time and worship in the presence of the Lord. And one leads to destruction, but one leads to life. So my desire changed. What I wanted in my life changed. I want to spend eternity with Jesus. For it is God that He's giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. I think more, more literal translations like the SV or New American Standard, you know, for it is God that works in us to will and, and to act according to His good pleasure. And so it begins inside of us, and then it changes the way that we think, and then it changes the way that we act, the way that we walk. The way that we walk. And so the way I kind of wanted to sum this up and I know you're, I, you know, I was thinking even, I, I preached a whole sermon this last year, but I just wanted to go there just for a mo- moment to kind of wrap this up, to kind of, you know, tie it up a little bit for us. And so we know above all else, what do we need to do? We need to guard our heart. We need to guard our heart. We need to protect our heart. We need to be a close friend of mine, lives up in Perryton. Um, when we when we traveled, we it, it's called Hotel Huddleston. I mean, it, you know, it, they're a great family. Matter of fact, uh, well, anyway, I, I can't say that while we're streaming, but uh, uh, they have family that's actually with some of our family now, and um, we're, we're really close. And they have a massive house. I mean, one of the biggest houses I've ever been in, and um, just a trim. And 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 one of the reasons they felt the Lord gave it to them was just for that to be host. I mean. I mean, you go there, it's like, you know, sometimes when I was there, I mean, it was like there was one floor, and it was like the whole floor was mine. I mean, you know, jacuzzi tub and pool table, and I mean, you know, you could go down there and just be lost for days, you know, type of thing, and, and just great hosts, you know, you go to the restroom, and she would even have, you know, the little miniature, you know, hotel shampoos, and you know, all that kind of stuff, of us, to be a host to the Holy Spirit. We want to host him well. We don't want to do things that grieve him or put out his fire that he's trying to build up in our life. And scripture talks about that in a couple different places. We want to be a host of the Holy Spirit. So how do we do that? We have to guard our heart. So very quickly, the parable of the sower. I pray this every single week, I know. And I think one of my favorite passages of the parable of the sower is in Mark chapter 4. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing in detail. I'm going to be very abbreviated and short about this. But we read about four different hearts. And those four different hearts are a hard heart, a shallow heart, a crowded heart, and a fruitful heart. We read about a hard heart, a shallow heart, a crowded heart, and a fruited, uh, a fruited fruitful heart. So hard, shallow, crowded Fruitful, And so Jesus teaches this, illustri- this, this parable, and I, I want to pick up in verse 13 of Mark chapter 4. And it kind of gives us a little more explanation about this parable. Then Jesus said to him, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand the other parables? I mean, really, I mean, so Jesus is saying this parable is really a key to all that I'm about to teach you. That's really important to understand. This parable is, is key to understand all that I'm about to teach you. The farmer plants a seed by taking God's word. Because, you know, when you read, you know, Mark 4, 1, it's talking about the farmer that cast the seed. Well, we understand that that seed 
is God's word to others. That's the word of God being sown. That's the word of God being sown. And that word, that seed, is going to fall on one kind of four different heart types. Either, either the hard heart, the shallow heart, the crowded heart, or the fruitful heart. It's going to find one of those places. And so it talks about the birds of the air coming, and that's the shallow heart. The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. Verse 15, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message, only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky path represents those who hear the message, immediately receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as for believing God's word. And so no fruit is produced. But then verse 20, the seed that fell on the good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest 30, 60, 100 times as much that was planted. The hard heart the shallow heart, the crowded heart, the fruitful heart. I mean, which heart do we want? Because the seed's the same. What changes, the, 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 the dynamic of this parable, the one thing that doesn't change is a seed being sown. The seed's the same. It's the Word of God. The difference in it all is what? It's the condition of the heart. And so if we guard our heart, do you know what that helps us toward to be a fruitful heart. And I, I wish I had more time to even dive more into this, but listen to me. I mean, think about it for a second. I, I don't think this is a one-time occurrence. I don't think this is just sir, some that when they look at this verse, they believe it's, it's just really about salvation, that it's a salvation message and it's finding one type of heart. I believe that any time that the seed is cast, this comes to light and to life in us. And so if anything that is given, if the word of God is given, if the word of God is given and you're full of doubt, what's going to happen in that seed that God's trying to plant in your heart? The enemy's going to steal it. It could be about healing. It could be about finances. It could be about anything that has to do with the gospel. All right, are you with me? Or how about the shallow heart? What happened to the shallow heart? And I think it's very interesting. It says that they are persecuted because of what they believe God is saying and doing in their life. And so listen, God may be doing, trying to do something in your heart that's going to lead you in a way or to a place that others are going to be like, Really, you? It's kind of like Joseph and his brothers. Really? We're going to bow to you, Joseph? Really? Are 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 y'all tracking with me? Because you're all just kind of staring at me weird. And so there are times, and I'm going to tell you, God will intentionally leads you to places when he's working in you that you will encounter the skeptic and the naysayers. I'm going to say that again. you You heard it right. That when God's doing that work inside of you, sometimes, yes, he will lead you right in the middle of the naysayers. Why? 
He wants to see what you're going to do with the seed. Are you going to allow the persecution against what he's doing inside of you for that seed to be choked out where there's no fruit? And then we have, I, I could not list the names or the number of people in my, since I've been saved, of those I I mean, there's something radical happen inside of them, and there's shift, and there's change, and, and man, they're on fire for like three months. And then, where are they? Where are they? Listen, I know a lot of people want to blame the church for a lot of things, and there's a lot of things at the church's fault. But I'm going to tell you, some of that's not going to track when we stand before the Lord in heaven. We have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. Or to be the fruitful heart. And so what's the benefit of the fruitful heart? This is the last thing. Number three is this. The result of what God does in us brings life around us. See, when we guard our heart, when we guard our steps, when we guard our mind, we guard our sight, and we're following the path. We talked about that. Psalm 119, Proverbs 26 and 27. When we are following God's path, the path of life, what happens because right, it takes us back to full circle to the very first thing. Whatever comes into us, what? Comes out of us. Whatever comes into us is what's going to flow out of us. And the Bible says in John 7, 37 and 38, Jesus stood and shouted. I, there's not many places you see that in Scripture. Where Jesus stood, and I mean, even when he was... Uh, the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, you don't read about Jesus shouting. I, you know, one time I, uh, I had a guy ask me, he was very new to kind of a Pentecostal type church and always screaming at me. I mean, you know, I know we kind of get amped up sometimes. And, and Do you think Jesus wanted them to hear this? He stood above, around the crowd and shouted, Anyone! Who is thirsty may come to me. Oh, I love that. Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. What is he saying? He's saying, I want to do something on the inside of you. I want to shift. You've been walking around in despair and destruction and death and, and, and struggle, but I've got life and life more abundantly. And the only way you can partake of that life is if you drink from what I have to offer you, is that you drink from the spring that I have for you. And it's going to go down on the inside of you. And when it gets down on the inside of you, I'm going to I'm going to blow your mind cuz I'm going to change the way that you've seen anything before and then it's going to change and it's going to shift in the path that you walk on. And then he says, he doesn't leave it at that. Rivers of living water will flow from your heart. Well, how do you need to guard your heart? Cuz God wants to bring a life out of your heart. He wants to bring life out of your heart. He wants to bring life out of your heart. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Would you stand with me this morning? Thanks for tuning in to the Odessa First Assembly podcast. If you've enjoyed today's message, 
Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. You can also follow us on social media for updates and inspirational content throughout the week. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Odessa First AG. And if you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us in person for our Sunday morning services at 10.30 a.m. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook, YouTube, and Church Online. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on the Odessa First Assembly Podcast.